Welcome back to another edition of the Perp Life Podcast. This is the 10th episode of Perp Take, where we do a weekly review of all the biggest news in sports. This is Jamie White, joined with Adam Goldsboro and Tyler Zeman. Today we're going to be talking about March Madness, and it is set to get underway this week, and UFC Fight Night 147. All right, to help tip off our March Madness section, here is Tyler Zeman. All right, so the four number seed, the four number one seeds this year, three of them are from the ACC. You got Duke in the East, Virginia in the South, North Carolina in the Midwest, and then Gonzaga, the only team not from the ACC, uh, leading off in the West. And Adam, what are some good games you're looking forward to this year? Well, I think the first game on the schedule has to be VCU versus UCF. We'll get to see players like. 7-6, Taco Fall, who I expect will have a good game. And I think it's just going to be a good game because these teams, I think, are very evenly matched. They're both looking to make a run. So it should be very competitive, which is what March Madness is all about. All right, Adam, what do you think about the rest of the uh, key matchups in the opening round? All right, I know a lot of people won't expect this, but LSU and Yale is going to be a good game. I think Yale is, is very underrated, and I think they're going to put up a great fight. I think I don't know if they'll win. But I think it will be a nice kind of game to just see some competitiveness in the early round tournaments when sometimes you just see these teams getting beat up on that are, you know, a 10 seed and, and through that. And it's not it's not very fun to watch, but I hope that Yale will definitely be able to put up a good fight. Also, Louisville and Minnesota. These two teams are very similar as they both are typically running gun type teams. They shoot a lot. They miss a lot, and then they make a lot on some nights. So I think it'll just be whoever is currently on with their shooting that night. Whoever has the hotter hand. Yeah. All right, and speaking on uh, balanced matchups, what do you think about Baylor and Syracuse? I think that those teams are typically very – they're both decent on offense, but I know they're both very good on defense. So, And they have a similar schedule that they have played through, so – It'll be very curious to see. I think that it's just going to come down to who can make shots late in the game and who can't. Also, uh, Murray State, which could be a Cinderella team depending on what happens with John Moran, but we don't know that yet. And they're playing the number five seed Marquette. That could be a very good matchup too depending on how really the supporting cast is around John Moran. So we'll have to see on that one. All right, and uh, speaking on last year's tournament winners, Villanova, what do you foresee for them in their first game against St. Mary's? I definitely see them beating St. Mary's. I mean, you can always trust uh, Jay Wright. He definitely knows how to coach. And I feel like Villanova, this may be – I don't think they'll have really any struggle with this game. I mean, St. Mary's, I respect them for getting the 11 seed, but they're simply not ready for Villanova, even though Villanova isn't obviously as good as they were last year. But – I think they can still pull out some nice dubs in this in this tournament, and I think that they will definitely be able to definitely keep going and hopefully impress us all. So with that being said, do you think there's any chance that they can go deep into the competition like they did last year? Obviously, they won with a very talented squad. Um, they would have to have very good luck. Maybe a team that's ahead of them gets beaten, or maybe Jay Wright just does a phenomenal coaching job, or maybe it's just... A it's just Villanova being Villanova. They obviously have very good chemistry and very good ball movement. So if that keeps working for them, then maybe they'll have a chance. I mean, whenever you come into these tournaments, 
that like everything gets wiped out of the, out the window. I mean, for some teams or in some matchups, the seeds matter, but for like a team like Villanova who has been here constantly, like they just have so much experience and they've always been so consistent in the later stages of March and like it's just it's hard to pick against them in in this first round, I think. All right, moving forward, obviously, you know, the NBA sort of an ebb and flow of who's going to win this uh, championship this year. Uh, NCAA does a great job of creating an interesting bracket every year. What do you think about these possible Cinderella teams and who they could be and who they might emerge as? Um, like I said before, I think Moda State definitely has a chance to be that team. I know many kind of just look at them for mainly John Morant, their star point guard, but I think he definitely has the leadership ability to take them kind of like on a Stephen Curry-esque run. Maybe not that far as Steph Curry did, but maybe win, you know, two, maybe three games, maybe. But we'll have to see. I think he's definitely going to get them past at least the first game. I think even though it would be an upset, but I, th- I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I agree with Adam on the Murray State pick, but going into the South, um, I, I'd i say a uh, Cinderella team in that side is, is Oregon. I mean, they, they're not in the strong... Um, division in the Pac-12 or conference I should say but they're they are on fire and their their wins against ranked teams this year they've gone a hundred percent so there's really uh no like there should be no surprise if they if they do knock off Wisconsin but then looking at the game above that Old Miss who's a number eight seed they play Oklahoma they they have also been on fire in the SEC which is a very strong conference and is is really on the come up from the past years and if they get through Oklahoma and Virginia is able to beat Gardner Webb I think we're looking at another great game and another big test for Virginia in March uh as last year they got knocked out by the number 16 seed first number one seed to to do that but you know I think Mississippi or Ole Miss has a chance to to uh to go pretty far uh with how good they've been the past few weeks and I think um this tournament sort of leaves out the Pac-12 a little bit. Washington's been hot. Uh, they were very hot at the beginning of the year. They've sort of hit a lull, but came back um, to make it into the tournament as the ninth seed. Um, I think they might be able to go deep their first games against Utah State. I think they should be able to handle that fine. Um, I'm excited to see the uh, Liberty and uh, Mississippi State game. Liberty knows how to move around players into different places to create the most uh, success possible scoring-wise. Um, Mississippi State is a good team, but I would not be surprised if that game went down to the wire. So it should be an interesting tournament, to say the least. Oh, yeah, it definitely will be. I mean, it happens every year. You know, something happens that will just make the entire tournament exciting. Well, hey, that's what they, that's what they call it, March Madness for it. So it will definitely be interesting. I think there will be something missing, though, without Loyola Chicago and Sister Jean. Yep, back. And to kick us into UFC Fight Night 147 is Jamin. All right, cool. Thanks, Adam. So UFC Fight Night 147, a uh, huge matchup between Darren Till and Jorge Masvidal. Uh, Darren Till, uh, 17 fights in the UFC, still an up-and-comer by most, hasn't competed for a uh, title yet. Jorge Masvidal, uh, experienced veteran. So it was a great fight to see um, in London in front of Till's home crowd. Unfortunately, he would come up short. He exhibited great uh, uh, striking skills in the first round and had Masvidal on his back. Um, unfortunately, as soon as the second round started, 
It was all Masvidal. He threw a quick left hand to uh, knock out Darren Till. Um, obviously, they're both you know super competitive, uh, both going for a belt as anyone does in this business, unless you're Donald Cerrone ten years ago, who's just in it for the money. But it was an interesting event, and it was marked by another interesting event, which is coming up in July uh, in Las Vegas, the UFC Hall of Fame induction 2019. The first inductee was uh, announced at the fight in London in front of his home crowd, uh, Michael the Count Bisping, former welterweight, uh, sorry, not welterweight, middleweight champion. Um, he was the first fighter announced for the uh, Hall this year. Uh, you know, he was... a in the fight game for 14 years. He fought in the UFC for 11. Uh, Dana White has come out and say to compete in this sport at the highest level is amazing already. To do it for 11 years is a, is incredible and legendary. Um, so he'll be a part of the uh, Hall of Fame's modern wing, which is any fighter uh, that competed on or after November 17th, 2000, when official MMA rules were adopted. He'll be joining people like Forrest Griffin, BJ Penn, and Ronda Rousey. So, great company. You know, uh, a lot of people remember the Count Bisping for his infectious uh, behavior at press conferences, post-fight interviews. Um, just an amazing personality. Really put uh, the UK on the map as far as uh, MMA goes. He was the first and still the only uh, sole uh, winner of uh, UFC title from England. So that was very cool to see, and that came late in his career against his uh, uh, rival, um, Luke Rockhold. So it was so cool to see that he was inducted. Sorry for geeking out as a fan, but it was very exciting. It was a great fight night weekend, and uh, you know we're all looking forward to the next bout. All right, thank you for listening to another edition of the Purple Light Podcast. This has been Perp Take, where we do a weekly review of all the biggest news in sports. This has been Jamin White, joined with Adam Goldsboro and Tyler Zeman, now signing off. Thank you.